episode 12 of the Freelance Podcast, a podcast for those looking to make the jump into or just getting started with full-time freelancing, hosted by RJ McCollum. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Freelance Podcast. As always, I am your host, RJ McCalm, and uh, we actually have a good episode for you today, something a little bit different. I am not going to be the only one chatting my little head off. We have a co-host in today with Kyle Johnson. Kyle, welcome to the show again. Thanks for having me back. So for those of you that have not listened to every episode of this particular podcast, I interviewed Kyle a few weeks back, and uh, we got to hear his story from making the transition from having a full-time job, making that jump into full-time freelancing. So Kyle, since we have you on the show, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I want a really brief answer. Just how are things going so far in your first month as a full-time freelancer? Put briefly, uh, things are going pretty good. Well, I've had the opportunity to work with Kyle on a couple side jobs here or there, so uh, very happy to hear things are going good. I think what we would like to do is probably later down the road, as things, uh, as a little more time elapses, get your feedback and uh, and see how things are continuing to go. The reason that I have Kyle on the show today is because we actually got a listener question, and it's from somebody that's asked a question again. But when she asked it, I just I thought. You know, this would be, I I could give her an answer and I almost sat down and just, you know, wrote out this email, but I thought that there's a lot of value here that I think that a lot of other freelancers, specifically listening to this podcast, may have a similar question. And I think that Kyle is going to bring a good perspective on that. So this question actually comes from Zoe Ruskin. She had asked a question that I had answered previously on the show before. So Zoe, thank you again for continuing to ask your questions. That's exactly why we're here. And at the end of every show, you hear me begging you guys to send me questions and stuff. So Zoe, thank you for your question. She wrote in, I'm just taking my first HTML class at a community college. And the more I read from currently working web designers and developers, the more I see that the community college offerings in web design and development are kind of outdated. I'm not sure at this point, given the vast array of cheaper and more up-to-date educational materials available online, that I'll continue at the community college. She goes on to say, but that is just background. What I'm thinking is, how do I find answers for the questions of whether to focus on front-end or back-end? I see you, meaning me, learning Ruby, and you've been a front-end developer, correct? What I want is what I guess everyone wants. I want to position myself doing something I like with the greatest income potential. I wonder what you might have to say to someone just learning the beginnings and whether you might be able to point me in the direction of books or blogs or mentors that might shed some light on my question. What was funny is she actually very quickly followed up that question with another email and she said, you know, in retrospect, I feel really dumb for asking you these questions. I'm just trying to learn the right question to ask and I don't know who to ask or where to look. I don't want you to waste your time. If you have an insight and time to share, I appreciate it. If I'm just thinking too far ahead and I need to put my head down and just keep learning right now, I can do that too. First, let me say, Zoe, this is not a stupid question. I guarantee you that other people listening to this show or listening to this show are having the exact same question. Trying to figure out where to start is probably one of the hardest things to do, especially when your ultimate goal is to work for yourself. There's so many different variables that come into play especially when choosing to work on the web, that knowing where to start can be one of the hardest things. So this is not a stupid question by any means. I appreciate you taking the time to write in. And 
it's so not stupid, in fact, that we, I got help to answer the question for one, and we're dedicating an entire show to it. The way that this is going to work is essentially we're breaking down Zoe's question into two questions that Kyle and I are going to kind of give our thoughts and feedback on. The first question that Zoe asks is, what route is the best to take when it comes to learning to work on the web? So she mentions that she is currently uh, in community college and going through classes there, but has seen online some uh, potentially better solutions, and she's not sure if community college is the right bet. The second question is, should I choose to learn to be a front-end or back-end developer first? All right. So, Kyle, you ready to knock down these questions? I'm ready. All right, perfect. So let's start with the first one. So she's at community college. And she's seen these other options online uh, that are more up to date and sometimes a little bit cheaper as well. So real quick, if you have not already, uh, I recommend that I guess you could either just make a note to go back and listen to. I did an episode called Continued Education, and I went into a little bit in terms of different resources and things you can do when you are wanting to better your craft and different resources online. So I have a pretty um, pretty strong stance when it comes to my thoughts on, you know, when working for the web, do you go the traditional school route or do you, are you self-taught? And if you choose the self-taught route, uh, you know, what, what options do you take? How do you know what to spend your money on, so forth and, and so on? In my opinion, when you are working on the web, traditional school is not the answer. And the reason I don't believe that traditional school is the answer is for one of the points that uh, Zoe actually points out in her question. And that's just the amount of time it takes for a curriculum to be developed and approved by the traditional school system. We all know that technology, especially technology on the web, just moves at such a rapid pace that by the time you are learning something in the classroom, if we're being honest, it's probably outdated. So you take something like responsive design and making sure that websites work across multiple uh, multiple devices. There's not really too much curriculum surrounding that because it just kind of came up over the past couple of years. But at this point, it is absolutely a mainstay in any developer's toolbox. So I am a strong believer that you don't need to necessarily go to a traditional college or community college or traditional type of school in order to... Uh, you know, learn this craft and, and make this your career. I went the 100% self-taught route, and that was just out of necessity. I didn't have the money or the time to, to go to school because I had a job, but I knew I wanted to get into it. And what I found is that when you – it's it's hard to find the right resources because there's so many of them out there. Eventually, what's going to happen is you're going to find one that you really latch onto and that you trust. And when you do, you have to absorb as much as you can from that resource. For me, it was actually Chris Coyer of CSS Tricks. Uh, when I landed on his website and I started reading his information – Chris Coyer single-handedly taught me how to build websites, and then as my career progressed, actually taught me how to build WordPress themes. So I owe a lot of my knowledge to the kind of foundation that Chris Coyer helped me build. Now, of course, that was his own personal blog, and that was free. But if we kind of switch tracks a little bit, Zoe mentions, and I've mentioned it a few times on the show, that I'm in the process of learning Ruby on Rails. And while I'm not necessarily finding an individual to learn from, I'm absolutely uh, investing in screencasts and courses in order to do this and opting to not go the route of 
you know, looking at a community college or online school uh, in terms of like University of Phoenix or something along those lines. I very much take the standpoint of I think it's more beneficial for you to go it yourself. And when you find the resources, the one drawback that I would say before I let Kyle answer the question is that because you are not going to be in the traditional learning environment of having the, you know, the schedule of going to class. And then of course there's the tests and there's the grades. Uh, it takes more motivation. You have to really want it and you have to really dedicate the time in order to, you know, make a, a significant amount of progress to where you can actually do something. So that's my take on it. Kyle, what are your thoughts when it comes to traditional school versus self-taught and what are some of your favorite resources online to learn from? <clears throat> Uh, well, I want to start off with saying I think education is vital for any profession. That doesn't necessarily mean a traditional education in terms of the university system. Um, however, I think a formal education does have a very strong place for a lot of people in how they learn. The uh, difference between formal education and informal is that there's, there's structure, there's community. One thing about going to a school is that there is a curriculum uh, to follow. There is a next step. Um, as well as there are people you can learn with. Whereas with an informal education, it's oftentimes very disjointed and oftentimes by yourself. There are resources that try to make it a little more structured. Um, for example, the CSS Tricks blog is fantastic. Although that's a little more incremental in terms of date of when he posts what. It's not a particular series. So it's a little more informal. Mm -hmm. But they do have the forum, which kind of creates that community. So I think education is, is vital, but it all depends on how you learn and what route to take. Um, in terms of web development or web development as a career, there aren't very many schools that have a curriculum that keeps up with the current technologies of the web. However, I do think design principles are, are very important to learn. Absolutely. That, <clears throat> they're, they're that's not, a good point. They're not unique to particular technologies. Uh, for example, when I first started to look for a job using PHP as a back-end language, I talked to a recruiter. He said, "Yeah, let me send you this this little online test thing and kind of answer a few questions, see what you know." I was like, "I know PHP. I'll be fine." I popped this thing up, and the first question is, um, "What is a singleton, and how do you use it?" At that point in time, I felt like I knew PHP, but I didn't have a clue what a singleton was. It's a design <laughs> principle that's not unique to PHP, of course, but in terms of development, that's something you have to know um, as a design structure. Mm -hmm. And things like that are, are, are taught um, in a university system through computer science programs. Yeah, so if you're wanting to do back-end development and you want that formal university structure, that community and that curriculum, <clears throat> I definitely think a computer science track can be, be very uh, beneficial. And in terms of front-end development, a lot of web design stems from print design. While there are technologies that are different, I think a lot of the concepts are the, are the same such as negative space, color theory, different things like that. But you can, of course, go on your own and find things and learn them. Um, and also, and you'll see these informal places such as CSS Tricks, brilliant information in the blogs and the community forum uh, postings. But you'll also notice he has the lodge on that site. Mm -hmm. um, I myself learned a lot from CSS Tricks. Uh, most of what I knew front-end-wise comes from Chris Coyer's blog, Fantastic Information. I have not gone through his Lodge uh, program or video series. However, knowing how well he writes and how well he teaches informally, I think a resource like that is very fantastic to use. Similarly, I subscribe to Laracasts, um, which is Jeffrey Way's Laravel backend version of Chris Coyer's The Lodge. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm a big fan of video series for learning, partially because they're structured and they give you kind of the the step by step. Here's what you're going to look at now. Here's what's going to come next. How the two tie together. Yeah. And so I think it, it depends for different people how you learn and what you want to learn, um, whether you have the time to invest or you're able to build that structure and find community um, on your own. Yeah, I, and I would agree with a lot of your points. Uh, you know, especially the one thing I, I will definitely agree with you on is, especially when it comes to backend programming or just general fundamentals that have not changed since almost the dawn of a particular uh, vertical like backend develop, you know, computer programming or design. There is definitely a lot to be said for having that base uh, built and then building <coughs> off on top of that. Specifically, when it comes to different resources available today. There are a lot of schools, online schools that I'm going to call them, that do provide structure, uh, most of them through video courses and stuff like that. The, the first one that comes to mind that I've benefited a lot from, and I talk about this in the continued education episode, is Treehouse. So that's teamtreehouse.com. And essentially, it's 29 bucks a month. And they are, the whole goal of Treehouse is to take somebody who doesn't know anything about, uh, you know, computers or designing or development or whatever and take them from nothing to job ready uh you know meaning that you may not be the best but you you know enough to get a junior entry-level position in a particular field that you're wanting to get into whether that's web design web development back-end development <coughs> so forth and so on and of course treehouse is not the only option available there's schools like code academy uh, code school being one of them. There's different, uh, you know, even sites like Linda that offer these courses or these, uh, these breakdowns of a particular language or uh, skill or something along those lines that are available at a much cheaper rate than a traditional university course would be. So I think the main thing here is to really kind of drill down what it is that you're wanting to do. Uh, and then I think once you can determine what it is that you want to do and move forward with, then you can make the decision of, okay, you know, do I go the traditional school route? Is something online like Treehouse going to be beneficial enough for me to do that? Uh, just from my experience that I am in the middle of right now, as I'm transitioning, uh, not transitioning from a front-end developer, but uh, growing my skill set into being a back-end developer as well, I'm I'm exactly where you are, Zoe. I, I've made the decision of what, what route I wanted to go. And, of course, that's your second question we'll answer here in just a second. But now I'm, I'm kind of trying to make sure that I'm, you know, finding the best courses available to teach me. I went through treehouse as one of my resources uh learning on stuff and while i like treehouse and have had a lot of good experiences with them i felt that that the style in which they taught ruby on rails was didn't make a ton of sense to me it wasn't until i i read this um or went through this other course and then i'm currently on the course that i'm on right now that uh the dots are starting to get connected a little bit so with these online cheaper options you know they are going to teach it in their particular style just like kyle said you kind of have to understand the way that you learn and you need to seek out sources that are going to uh be complementary to that kyle any other thoughts on online education versus traditional education relevant to, to Zoe's question? Yeah. Um, we're starting out the, the place I started out was actually in high school. Uh, we had a computer programming course and I jumped on that. And the really cool part was 
it wasn't an in-depth study of anything in particular. It was a multi-track class to where the semester was broken up into four pieces. And so you spent X number of weeks doing one thing and the next set of weeks doing something different. And you actually covered all four segments of the classroom, um, focusing on one piece at a time. And so that gave me the opportunity to look around and see what there is. Because there was back end, there was networking, uh, there was all different kinds of things you could learn. I didn't have to pick one and hope I chose the right one. It, it gave me a choice to figure out what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And for me in particular, I, I didn't end up picking one. I kind of do a little bit all, of all of it. Um, and similarly with uh, Code, Code Academy, um, that's where it was kind of my next step because it was online. It was easy to get to. It was free, uh, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We were able to go through. You can try JavaScript. Uh, you can try CSS. You can, you can try PHP. You can try Ruby. You can do those basics of the different languages and see how they feel and, and figure out what you you enjoy. Yeah. And then you talked about um, Team Treehouse and Code School. And um, I've also took, took those routes. I went to Code School for, for a little while for particular courses that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I really liked about Code School was they have an introductory video to a section followed by code challenges mm-hmm. to where you'd actually walk through it and you you type code and it'd check it for you and say, this is right, this is wrong. And it was, it was fantastic to see that feedback instantly in the browser. I know they invest a lot of time into that infrastructure and it's really a fantastic place to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And just to echo what you said again, as we kind of wrap up this question is, you know, you can't, when it comes to choosing something, whether it's front end, back end, whatever language you choose, you know, there's a lot to be said for trying something out and, and seeing, you know, oh, you know, I liked working with CSS more than I liked working with JavaScript or whatever. So using resources like Codecademy or something like that, which are these free courses online may be a good way for you to help answer potentially this next question. So uh, question number two that Zoe had was, should I choose to learn to be a front-end or a back-end developer first? Now, uh, this this particular question was the reason I reached out to Kyle. Now, I my experience up until this point, I am currently in the process of learning <coughs> back-end development with Ruby on Rails. However, up until this point, 100% of my time and career has been focused on front-end development, and that still continues. That's what I'm doing every day. That's what brings me work that is paying. So I am absolutely a front-end developer, just looking to broaden my skill set to a back-end developer. And I would say that um, maybe not to the degree of mine, but I would say that in, at least in my mind, and Kyle, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle is uh, a great back-end developer, knows his programming, uh, but is also a front-end developer that uh, is able to build out the front-end as well. Uh, am I accurate in that description, Kyle? Yeah, my journey is a little bit, I think, opposite of yours. I started out with back-end, mm-hmm. uh, but soon realized that didn't quite scratch every itch and moved into front-end to kind of complement that. I'd build something and throw Twitter bootstrap or reserve foundation on top um, and just do back-end stuff. But I want to do a little more. I suspect that's kind of what you're doing going from front-end moving to back-end yeah. to, to complement that skill set. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to have a good good view because you are you have two people answering this question, Zoe, that uh, started from each option that you're getting <coughs> yourself front-end or back-end. So uh, in my opinion – I think that you should start with front end and and here's the reason why I believe that. 
When it comes to front-end, you're dealing primarily with HTML and CSS, and you can certainly throw JavaScript in there. And I say JavaScript in the sense of, like, knowing enough to be able to implement, you know, a jQuery plugin, like a slider or something along those lines, you know, and, and learning as time goes on in order to write your own JavaScript. But you don't have to go crazy into, like, a JavaScript framework like Ember or Angular or something along those lines. So when I'm talking about front-end development, I'm talking primarily about HTML, CSS, and understanding enough javascript to implement it in your projects the benefit to that i see has there's a couple of them one in my opinion i think front-end development uh, is a lot easier to learn the idea of html and css and one being the structure and one being the styling i i feel that it's a lot simpler than learning the ideas behind back-end frameworks or back-end languages and and learning the whole uh, programming side behind things. That That's just my personal take on it. And as I'm making the transition from – or not – I don't want to say transition because I'm, I'm always going to be a front-end developer. But as I'm learning a back-end language, the ideas behind – computer programming are certainly a lot more in-depth than I would say front-end development. Uh, so that would be one reason. The second reason would be that as you learn front-end development, that's a marketable skill that you can promote yourself with and start making money with projects right away. Pretty much anybody uh, that you know, put some time in, can learn some HTML, can learn some CSS, and they can use those skills to start offering services to clients that they can charge for right now. So I would say that at this point in my back-end learning, I'm certainly learning and I'm making progress, but I don't feel I have a particular... I don't feel I have an outlet that I could go to and offer my my new skill set and be able to charge anything for it. I think that with front end, because the barrier to entry is lower, that as you continue your progress as a front end developer, you can uh, you can start <coughs> charging and actually doing billable work as a front end developer before you can as a back end developer. And the last point I'll make as to why I think you should do focus more on front end first is because just like you heard Kyle said, you know, he focused on back end and was using frameworks like Bootstrap or Foundation to build out the front end of his apps, but you know, you're probably going to want to have a little more control. You're going to want to, you're going to understand it. Every backend, every web app has a front end. That's, that's what the user is interacting with. So whether you hire somebody else to do it, you use a framework like bootstrap or foundation, or you do it yourself, you have to have some knowledge of front end development in order to implement that. And if you have that background coming into being a back end developer, then you don't necessarily have to worry about hiring somebody to help you with that aspect. Now, I will say this, I don't think you have to do what I did, which was spend six years, you know, honing your skills as a front end developer, and then making the jump to back end development. I think that in all honesty, you could probably spend six months focusing just on front end development. And then as you continue to grow your front end development skills, start to add in the back end development side of things. So I don't think it needs to be when you're choosing one or the other, I think you need to choose both. Start with front end to start to get some of those early wins and build up your confidence, but don't spend so much time focusing just on front end if back end is truly something that you want to do. To wrap up that long-winded answer for me, absolutely start with front end. 
build up your chops and get comfortable with it, but make sure not to put back in on the back burner for too long. My turn? Your turn. Okay. Uh, counterpoint time. <laughs> um, I'm going to say start with back end, uh, then do front end, and I'm going to argue that back end is profitable and that front end is not necessary for, at first. So pretty much the exact opposite of what you just said. Um, starting out, um, I was a back-end developer, PHP, um, which a, a lot of people don't like either, so kind of a um, rough starting point there. But, um, yeah, so I started out with PHP, and that's where I got work. I was not freelancing at first. I, I was building um, for a car dealership, building tools. Part of the reason I chose back-end first um, as a focus was because I could solve my own problems with back-end. I had no problems related to how a website looked so much, mm-hmm. but rather what I could do with programming and more the calculation, function, um, argument, variable side. However, the very beginnings of web for me did start with somewhat front-end because that is what you see, and people can't see the back-end, so they oftentimes forget about it. But every website does have a back-end, unless mm-hmm. it's really old school, like how I got started, HTML and CSS only. When you build websites today... A lot of website builders that I see that aren't developers or designers, but rather website builders, is they'll install WordPress, they'll choose a theme, and they'll build a website. Mm-hmm. And so as WordPress starts to not become good enough, you can start to tinker with PHP plugins and modify things here and there. Mm-hmm. And so I would make the argument that if you start with backend, you can just slap a theme on it, uh, whether it's Twitter Bootstrap or Zurb Foundation to start out with or whether it's purchasing a theme or getting a free theme because there's free themes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I would say that a lot of websites are built without really any front-end knowledge outside of very basic rudimentary HTML, CSS, but mm-hmm. also doing a front-end website without any back-end knowledge is very difficult. And so I think it's very possible to start with back-end and move into front-end, whether it's going to a shop or it's, it's doing freelance. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though Kyle's answer is pretty much the opposite of mine i can't disagree with them because you know at the end of the day you know you you are going to have to understand yourself obviously better than anybody else and one of the questions she asked in that was associated with back end versus front end is earning potential so what gives her the best or she said you know what gives her the greatest income potential and Without a doubt, back-end development is going to give you the greatest income potential. If you look at the median salary for a Ruby on uh, Rails developer, you know, you're looking at a, a low six figures in terms of like $100,000 a year as opposed to a front-end developer where the median salary is probably going to be around $45,000 a year. You know, Both of which you can absolutely earn a living doing, but it's pretty clear that one is more valuable than the other. So the, I, I think the big takeaway here is that you got two different perspectives uh, on answers to your questions. And the at the end of the day, you're going to have to just take some time and you're going to have to take steps forward. I think that's the big thing. I think as freelancers, especially when you're just getting started, it's very easy to let this question like Zoe has, and Zoe, I'm not saying that you're doing this, but it's very easy to let this question linger and not reach out for help and spend months trying to decide, well, where do I start? And if you think about it, spending months trying to decide that, that's so much time wasted. You know, just start somewhere. Uh, you know, start going through the Code Academy stuff. Start, uh, you know, 
just building building stuff and you know following tutorials online what that's going to do is it's going to start to you know obviously you're going to start to learn stuff but you're also going to start to make decisions in terms of i'm getting this or i'm not getting this or i like this as opposed to this and and the big thing is is that you know you're just going to have to to do it so to wrap up the should i choose to learn to be a front-end developer or back-end developer first you could start both or 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 to to be honest with you you could go kyle's route and you could be a back-end developer first if if what you want to do is do more than just make good looking and functioning websites if you want to really have the ability to control how those work and build the functionality so that they can do more than just be informational back-end is where you want to go because you're going to have to have the tools in order to do that. Front end, in my opinion, if you can understand back end development, then you can absolutely learn the fundamentals of front end concurrently as you're learning back end development. So again, Zoe, what it comes down to is obviously we don't have, you know, this, this is the answer to your question because only you know that. But you just need to sit down and uh, don't spend a few months doing it. But, you know, give yourself maybe a weekend and just say, what is it that I'm really wanting to do? Like, why am I wanting to work on the web in the first place? What am I wanting to do? Am I wanting to work with businesses in order to make their online presence better? Or am I wanting to build applications that could potentially support me? As you start to answer those questions, the answers to things like, should I be a front-end or back-end developer, will start to make themselves more apparent. That That is my take on it. And like I said, you know, this is not a stupid question. A lot of people have these questions. I have this question on probably a weekly basis. What is it that I want to do with my life? You know, I mean, I've spent, you know, like I said, six, six years at this point as a front end developer, but you know, I'm taking the jump and I'm learning something that's foreign to me, uh, because I'm wanting to kind of switch a little bit. All of our answers are to hopefully point you in the right direction. Kyle, are there any closing thoughts that you have? Yeah, I just want to add, uh, if I were giving advice to someone starting out, I would first mention that the web is a medium. It's not a profession. There are um, programmers, designers, all kinds of people that work on the web, and it's the skill set for the medium that is the web. Mm -hmm. And if you're really starting out, I would suggest asking the question, what problem do I want to solve? Mm -hmm. More so than do I want to do front end or back end? Find a problem of yours that you want to solve. Find a problem of someone else's that needs to be solved. Ask someone, what's a problem you have that I can fix? And then that can guide you into front end, back end, or both. Because there is back end programming, there is front end development, front end design, front end engineering, all those being unique. There's user experience and there's customer research. There's all these different things you can go into in order to work on the web and work with web people. And so I would start out finding a problem I want to solve and use that to figure out how much I enjoy and how, how good I am at um, a particular skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo that advice. That's great because there's just so many different ways to work on the web and looking at it, the web as the medium and then trying to figure out what problem you are trying to solve. You know, there's so many different routes you can go. I mean, we talk about front end and back end development, but like I want to be good at design too. So like there's some, there's all these different things that go into working on the web. Uh, the advice that Kyle gave of trying to figure out what problem it is that you're trying to solve, whether it's 
it's your own, whether it's potential clients, that is probably the best question to start with. And then from there, with that answer, hopefully that will snowball into other questions, but also making it easier to answer those questions because you have kind of that base level figured out. So, Zoe, once again, thank you very much for sending in your questions, as I typically do at the end of these shows. You know, this is this show is exactly, you know, this type of show, having Kyle on, is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. The podcast is meant to help other freelancers, just like Zoe, just like you listening to the show, trying to help you take those steps into, one, you know, jumping into freelancing if you're not already, but two, if you've been freelancing for a while and you've been doing it on the side, making that jump into full-time freelancing. And the only way that we can do that, the only way that we can help you is if we know what you need help on. So Zoe, thank you very much again for answering the question, or excuse me, not answering the question, but asking the question. Hopefully we gave you some good information that you can take and, and start to move forward. I'd love to hear kind of your feedback as, as you go and you make this decision and if our rambling was helpful in any, any sort of way. And if there's anything that we can do to help you, not necessarily Zoe, Zoe, if you have another question, please send it in. But for the freelancer listening, if there's anything we can do to help you, if you have a question, regardless if you think it's dumb or it's not, you know, chances are it's not. Chances are if you're having the question, other freelancers are having the question too. So you can send your questions in to hi at thefreelancepodcast.com. You can tweet your questions at us at FreelanceCast. Uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast and, uh, and we'll do our best to answer them. And you can help us also reach more freelancers by giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. That goes a long way of getting our podcast seen by more freelancers so they can ask their questions as well. And we can just kind of create and foster this community of freelancers helping each other out just like we have right now. So, Kyle, where can people find out more about you uh, and follow you online? Uh, Twitter, at KBJohnson90. My personal website, KyleBJohnson.me. And my up-and-coming developed.io, that's uh, developed minus the final vowel. Um, Now, get that to you the show notes. Uh, But I'm online a couple different places. Twitter's the easiest. Awesome. Kyle, thanks again for your time and helping out with Zoe's question. And until next week, we'll see you guys then. Bye.